Welcome to Live Fully, an Etha Naturals podcast, where we discuss and share information about everything in the world of natural medicine, like Kratom. I'm Victor Chung, and with me is fellow Etha co-founder, Alexander Karp. Hi, Alex. Good morning. Today, we're going to talk about Kratom legality. More specifically, I'd like to cover the Federal Protect Consumer Access to Kratom Act. Let's get started. Great. Yeah. So this is a very exciting bill that was introduced into both the House of Representatives and the Senate just in, I think, December 21st of last year. So this is the first time it was entered into committee. And so now it's uh, yeah a really good time to learn about it as well as ask all of our customers and people who care about Kratom to reach out to their representatives to ask for support and sponsorship of these bills. So Alex, you've discussed in the past legality approaches at the state level for Kratom. How is this different? There are several states that have been enacting the Kratom Consumer Protection Act, and that has been focused on states regulating Kratom as far as properly labeling the substance, telling consumers that it's only pure Kratom, offering certificates of analysis, basically what Etha started doing when we first implemented Etha. That was where Victor and I, we had this amazing experience with Kratom for our own personal kind of chronic pain issues, but sometimes it wouldn't work. And we found that it was really about the active ingredient and how do we import our own product, label it properly and provide that information to consumers so that they can manage their health in in natural ways. It's putting that into legislation so that all Kratom companies start to import and sell only pure, unadulterated Kratom, label exactly what's in it, test for the active ingredients, mitragynine, 7-hydroxymitragynine, as well as then adding in kind of all of that typical food-grade standard GMP processing, as well as testing for microbials on that side. So that's really what is focused on at the state level, is that common sense regulation to empower consumers to know exactly what is in their Kratom and it's safe to take and how to take it. Are we still approaching other states? I know you said four states have already passed the Kratom Consumer Protection Act. Yes, I I believe it's actually higher now. It's up to six. And there's something like 23 states that are in discussions with the American Kratom Association. Oh, wow. And so, yes, multiple states are progressing past kind of this misinformation that the FDA perpetuated back in 2016. That's great. All right. So let's jump into the topic at hand here. So at the federal level, this is going beyond what you just mentioned, the common sense regulation side of things. So how is it different? Yeah, very interestingly enough, uh, I kind of assumed that the federal bill would be very similar to the state level. Me too. But it's actually different, and it's it's different in a very good way that really supports states and supports the Kratom industry to get the information and transparency about Kratom into the public domain. And so specifically, there's four major areas that the federal Protect Consumer Access to Kratom Act addresses. And so first and foremost, it addresses this FDA bias and kind of target against Kratom that they've been shown to really provide a lot of misinformation about Kratom, provide old outdated information, and really kind of unfortunately mislead a lot of states and local municipalities about Kratom in itself. Yeah, I've noticed that 
whenever I am talking about Kratom to anybody I meet and the topic does come up often because we're so passionate about Kratom. So it's inevitable it'll come up. I find that we always have to address that concern of, hey, when you Google this, when you go and do a web search, there's going to be some misinformation. Unfortunately, it's top of page. And so it's going to be harder to get to real research, real information. And so I have to kind of guide folks in there. So what you're saying is that there's going to, as part of this act, there's efforts to fight this misinformation that's already out there. Yes, absolutely. And so Great. part of this this bill would require the FDA to publish their current research that they're allowing companies to do on Kratom. And so they won't be able to kind of hold those secrets away from the public view. Nice. That's so great. It's whenever you always present the the latest research in Kratom to me and it's always a it's an event for me. It's like, yes, we're finally getting some real research, real science. And, you know, for the most part, it's positive. But even if it wasn't, it's it's about getting that information, that real information, that real data that we can use to help make decisions. But if I always have to click on the link or whatever you send me, but when I try to do a search later down the road, I find it to be very difficult to find. So, and that's part of the challenge. Correct. Yeah, and absolutely. And, and unfortunately, the FDA has a letter of intent signed with WebMD and the Mayo Clinic, kind of some of these larger air quotes, health organizations. And their letter of intent is that the FDA can provide information or guidance to these groups. And then these groups will then publish whatever the FDA wants. And then the FDA goes out to legislators and points to WebMD or Mayo Clinic as though it's actual research, when in actuality it's not. And so that's part of this uh, federal bill that it would require the Health and Human Services, which is the uh, organization that the FDA falls under. So this is kind of like the oversight committee of the FDA. HHS would actually be required to publish current research that is available, kind of stuff we've shared, and publish you know, the current best practices and safe uses of Kratom because... There's a lot of people that use Kratom as a replacement for coffee just to kind of increase their, you know, uh, lifestyle, similar to how I would use coffee. There's another group that uses Kratom for depression, anxiety, kind of mental health issues. And then another group is using Kratom kind of like we did for our own chronic or acute physical pain. And then lastly, there's a fourth group that's showing to be very promising as far as uh, helping this country with the opioid epidemic that has been caused by synthetic pharmaceuticals and frankly the FDA's laxed approach to holding those companies accountable and providing their actual kind of truth about those compounds. And the inherent dangers that come with them and the use. There, are, You said there are other aspects of this federal act that's different from KCPA. What are, what are some other ones? Yeah, so one of the areas is that it requires the FDA to be transparent about the research. They are asking companies or academia to perform on Kratom. And so the FDA did provide a solicitation for information. So they are looking for a research project on kind of dose dependency of Kratom, looking at some more actual 
human clinical studies of how kratom behaves in humans and kind of provide that safe window of usage, kind of what, you know, what to expect as a consumer. But for the first time ever, the FDA put basically a gag order on the researchers and the FDA wanted to be the gatekeeper of information. So they are trying to take our taxpayer money, fund research on these natural compounds, and then the FDA behind closed doors wants to try and decide if that information can be made public or not. And so this bill would absolutely require that the FDA has to publish all the information that researchers provide on Kratom so that we just know the truth about it, essentially, and kind of what is good, what is bad, where are some of the risks, where, you know, how can we use this most effectively? Yeah, we're, it just makes so much sense. You know, we're, we're being asked to make informed decisions about our own health, and we are not given the full data. Right. And so I love that this is different than the existing state KCPA. It's, it's really exciting to hear that that's how we're approaching this, this act at the federal level. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this federal level is basically telling the FDA to do their job of providing information. So, yes, commission the research, get researchers involved, but they have to publish it on a public forum and open it up to the public. I mean, that's, that's the whole mandate of the FDA is truth in labeling and giving consumers accurate and truthful information about the products that are in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's great because then it's still up to the individual states to enact whether they want restrictions on, you know, minors 18 or 21 or above to only have access to Kratom, you know, what kind of where it can be sold, what are some of the other nuances of that still has full state control, but at least they can base those decisions and legislation off of the science and real information about Kratom, not around a misguided kind of agenda or or some other bias that the FDA has been trying to perpetuate these last several years. Is there anything else that's different? Um, One of the big areas is that it would stop the FDA from abusing its regulatory power that it's currently using on Kratom. And so the biggest example of that is these import alerts that the FDA has set up for Kratom. Now, these import alerts that authority was given to the FDA as a way to protect and kind of guard against individuals or companies that are not doing things properly. And this is kind of across all drugs, cosmetics, and food supply. So when a company would say violate good manufacturing practices or not produce food grade product, it's a way for the FDA to stop that company from kind of continuing those bad practices. So now instead of utilizing that authority, what the FDA has been trying to do is they've been trying to shadow ban Kratom by saying any Kratom coming in is classified as a new dietary ingredient or classified as a drug and stopping it completely. And that's not what that was set up for because what's happening is it's it's allowing com- or it's making companies instead of doing things properly and kind of officially doing it there's now a bunch of kind of vendors out there that are just going around the system and that's how we get issues with like salmonella and e coli which are problems in any food supply that can be managed with proper good manufacturing practices yeah this isn't the first time that uh an an abuse of power then leads to a black market right or gray market so it's 
you know, if they just stuck to what the original intent was, we as manufacturers, if only the kratom that is adulterated isn't following the proper procedures, are the ones getting seized and analyzed, and that the folks that are doing it right are getting passed through, you're naturally going to encourage right behavior. When all of it is just all going to get seized, you're right. We're, we're in the thick of it. We see it all the time where folks are our competitors and others are doing things improperly. That doesn't affect us as much, but what really does affect us is the partners that we might share and use because one of our competitor prefers it done in a shady kind of way. Now they're saying, well, Ethan must also want to do it that way because that'll circumvent any possible seizures or and and it's just it's just a bad way of doing business. So I love that that's also included. I mean, all in all, this is just an amazing, this is, this is so eye-opening when you shared it with me the first time, and I'm really loving this approach. Yeah, I mean, the, another big part of alleviating this kind of uh, abuse of the FDA's regulatory authority is mandating that they create a public forum and, and a, a section on FDA's website to actually provide the public testimony and information that the FDA has gone through and is currently going through about Kratom. Because as an example, the FDA has tried to use their emergency scheduling to schedule and ban Kratom as a Schedule 1. And they were stopped multiple times doing this because they were trying to get around their own system. And so the Health and Human Services, again, that oversight community, and special thank you to Admiral Jawa, who really rejected FDA's guidance to trying to do this emergency scheduling, which meant that they would not do their normal investigation into the actual potential for abuse about Kratom, the kind of the actual scientific evidence that is known about it, looking at if, you know, what's the current history of use? Is there, so actually going through that data, the FDA wanted to go around that. Like the eight-factor analysis that we've mentioned Correct. before, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And then that even perpetuates out to once the FDA failed at doing their official process, they failed, I think, twice, and they got rejected. They said, no, you have to go back and do the actual work. Then the FDA tried to go outside of the United States and go into the World Health Organization, again, perpetuating this misinformation and in some situations actually lying about why people passed away or died, unfortunately. And so even that system where they went and provided information to like the 12 leading experts in the World Health Organization, the World Health Organization unanimously decided to not move forward with a critical review. There was such a little bit of information to show that Kratom is more of a benefit. So Kratom is actually more of a benefit and very little information about how harmful it is that they decided to not even spend time reviewing it further, saying, like, we're not going to ban this because it's we're not even close to it. Because to me, it's like there's a lot of information that comes out during those public hearings and testimony that then the FDA wants to try to keep that secret. And so they, they try to bury that as much as possible. So this bill would require the FDA to be open about it. I mean, if the FDA challenges something and something comes up that we want to know about, great, let's get all that information out there, regardless of, you know, whether it's good or bad, it's just, it's information. And so mm -hmm. they've been purposely hiding things that show how amazing Kratom can be. Yeah. And that's the problem. We want to encourage research. We want to encourage these discussions, but the full breadth of it needs to be available to the public so that we can make, like I said, informed decisions. So Alex, 
How can the public, like you and I, help out? Yes. Uh, to summarize, the federal Protect Consumer Access to Kratom Act is about asking the FDA to fulfill their mission for the American people. And the FDA was established to provide that truth in labeling so that we know what's in our product and how to manage our health in the best way. And so this Protection Act for Kratom is really asking the FDA to not abuse their regulatory power. It's getting them to be fully transparent about the research they're doing with Kratom. It sets up a public accessible section on the Health and Human Services website so that people know what is the current safe and effective uses of Kratom as well as then it creates this public docket so that the public can provide their stories and information as well as learn about what the FDA has already gone out and tried to assess the risk about Kratom. And so just we just have the full story from this. So if people really are concerned about getting the FDA to do what they should be doing for us, please reach out to your representatives, both your federal House and Senate representatives, and ask them to support and co-sponsor the Federal Protect Consumer Access to Kratom Act. Yeah, and that long title will be in the description. So for those listening and not don't have a pen in their hand, don't worry, it's there in the description for you to reference. And Alex and myself, we've reached out to our local representatives on multiple occasions. And we've also even met with them in, in person, but it is much easier than you would think. It's simply Google searching and making that call, writing that email, and they're surprisingly responsive. So get involved. It's not hard at all. Please do it because we all need everybody's help. A common question that comes up is once a person has made that decision to reach out to the representative, which is a great thing, please do so. What do they actually say? How should they frame up their concern? to the representative. Do you have any suggestions? The way I do it personally is I send emails to my representatives as well as I call them. And when I call them, I call their office and always get an aide. But the aides do listen to my story and, and communicate with the, the Congress men and women so that we have you know direct communication with them. And simply what I do is I just state my personal story of how Kratom has helped me directly. So I give a small background that I have a degenerating disc in my lower back. I've suffered from high school and I've tried all sorts of therapies. I used to manage the chiropractic care, but then several years ago, as some stresses were developing, that pain really exacerbated and made it very hard for me to continue living my normal life. I discovered Kratom on a podcast. I tried it and it was a miracle for my back pain. And simply that when I take Kratom, it allows my pain to go from like a 10 down to a two or a three. I get back to my normal exercise habits. I get back to going out with friends and family. I can work easily. And for me, Kratom is just a life-saving miracle when my back pain flares up. And so please support any protection or access that I can have to Kratom. And so then I provide them kind of the updates of these are the Kratom Consumer Protection Act in the state level, or this is the federal Protect Consumer Access to Kratom Act. Please support and co-sponsor these bills. Thanks, Alex, for the guidance and for all the information today. I do want to tee up for next week what we're going to be talking about. 
We mentioned a lot about research and in relation to this act and the importance of sharing that information. ETHA itself, we do a lot of research on our own. And so next week, we'll be talking a little bit about one of our research topics and, and, and studies that we did. And it was around Kratom tea and how adding in lemon can affect potency. So we'll go into detail with it. It's going to be a fun one. But until then, this is Victor Chung. This is Alexander Karp. And as always, live fully. <laughs>